Hello and welcome to episode 24 of the Witcher chapter by chapter book review where I'll go through a summary of what happened in the latest chapter and give my detailed thoughts on it. Today we're going to be discussing chapter 3 from Time of Contempt. Okay, so this is a good chapter. Uh, last episode I kind of... <laughs> I started off by saying, I don't really like this chapter that much. I, I mean, I liked the last chapter. I just, I, I, it wasn't one of my favorites and I wasn't really excited to talk about it. But this one, this is a good one. This is uh, one that I was very excited to talk about. So with that said, let's get into it. Uh, but really quick, I'll recap you on what happened in the last chapter. So you're up to speed just in case you missed the last episode or you need a refresher. And then we'll summarize this chapter and then talk about it. So let's get started with that. So chapter two, we're covering chapter three today, but in chapter two, that covered Yennefer and Ciri's visit to Gors Velen, where Ciri explored the city and got the chance to fight and kill a wyvern and have an unsettling meeting with two enchantresses from the school Aretuza. Ciri and Yen spent time with these women in a bathhouse when Ciri decided to take off in search of Geralt and almost got nabbed by the wild hunt along the way. Yen caught up with her just as she arrived at Geralt's location, and the next morning, Geralt and Yen made up. Which is something that I personally am very excited about. That was my favorite part of the chapter, was that the, the two of them, who both did not have any intention of meeting, met because of Siri, and now they are made up. And let's see what that led to. So... Here is my very brief summary of the chapter. I'll talk about that in a second. Geralt accompanies Yen to the Sorcerer's Banquet in Aretuza that precedes the Conclave of Wizards. Many interesting things take place during the party, like Geralt verbally confessing his love to Yennefer for the first time, a conversation with the spymaster Dijkstra, conversations with intriguing enchantresses like Philippa Eilhart, and it all wraps up with a long and perplexing discussion with none other than the peculiar Vigelforts. So yeah, that was the whole summary. <laughs> yep, you probably noticed that was the shortest summary that I've ever given. And um, it was intentional. I'm trying to make these summaries shorter. I just figure if I'm going to talk in such detail about each chapter, I don't need the summary to be that detailed itself. So uh, I've been actually working for a while to make them shorter and... Uh, I, I haven't really been that successful. I've been a little bit quicker, but not that much. And this one, if I can make them all this quick, <laughs> then I am doing a good job in what I'm actually attempting to do. So I'm pleased about that. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about what happened. So to start out, we get Geralt's thoughts into going to this party, why he's going to it. So he and Yennefer had this very emotional reunion. They, Them making up was quite emotional for the two of them. And I guess riding on that high of emotions, he agreed to go to this party. And this isn't the first time she's invited him to a party. When they used to live together, she invited him to things and he immediately was like, nope, not doing that. And she was fine with it. But now I think he was just, you know, wanted to do whatever she wanted him to do to please her because he was so happy that they were back together again, which is fantastic. But after they arrive at the party, he just, he's not pleased to be there. He's complaining a lot about uh, a bunch of different things. Like, you know, it's, it's drafty there. The doublet that Yennefer dressed him up in is too tight. There's not that much food. There's nowhere to sit. 
it it honestly sounds like a terrible party. And <laughs> after they start talking to people, it uh, it only gets worse because everybody is extremely phony. And there are some clear and cut examples of that that I'll talk about a little bit. But before they start talking to people, there's this moment where Yen brings Geralt into the middle of the hall to kind of put on this display and show everybody that they're together. And he even has these thoughts because he knows, because they're mages, he knows that they're listening to his thoughts. And he's thinking things like, yep, that's right. I'm, I'm here with her. You guys can choke on your envy. And just, it's, it's a lot longer, but it's you know all along the same lines of that. So everybody knows that they're together now. Uh, there is one person, I guess, that was, wasn't was 100% sure, uh, I guess, was maybe hoping that it wasn't true. Uh, maybe she didn't witness this display that Yennefer had put on. But we'll, we'll talk about that in a moment. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go in order of all the conversations that take place. And uh, yeah, so we're going to start with um, Sabrina Glovisig. And she's not the one, but I'll... I'll I'll talk about it. <laughs> but but um, anyway, to start with Sabrina, she is this enchantress who is attending as a spy for King Hensel of Cadwin. And because she's there as King Hensel's advisor, I mean, officially not as a spy, but that's part of what she is doing there. Uh, but as she is Hensel's advisor, Yen asks her if Hensel is still wasting resources chasing the squirrels through the forest, and if he's still considering a punitive expedition against the elves of Dolpothana. Unfortunately, Sabrina doesn't give her an answer, but this does give us an idea on Yen's opinion on the whole matter of non-humans and all of the bad stuff that's going on and how they're being treated. So I, it, this is in addition to what we kind of learned about Yen's feelings towards non-humans in the last chapter. So last chapter we learned when she's talking to the dwarven banker Molnar Giancardi, uh, he basically says that he's got her back. Like he, he can hook her up because she helped his family during a pogrom in Vengerberg. So because of that, we already know that she's not one of those people that's bigoted towards the non-humans. But this just gives, it's just another example of that because she says, oh, is Hensel still wasting resources chasing the squirrels? Uh, is he still considering a punitive expedition against the elves of Dolbothana? And speaking of the Dolbothana thing, that was actually brought up before. This isn't the first time we're hearing about that. I, I believe I talked about it in the, an episode where it was first covered. So it was the... Chapter six of Blood of Elves. And I know I broke that chapter into two different parts. So it was part one, uh, that episode. I believe I talked about that because that is where Henselt and the other rulers like Foltest and Meeve and Vizimir and um, Demaven, they have that meeting and one of the things that they consider, and we never find out what they actually decide to move on with doing except for trying to kill Ciri. But they do consider attacking the elves of Dolbothana. So we know that they're still thinking about it. We don't know if it's going to happen or not. But yeah, this is something that Hensel is definitely considering. And we, we just got to hope that he doesn't do it. I mean, unless you don't like the non-humans too. But <laughs> I don't imagine that uh, anybody reads these books and <laughs> has a has that opinion. But you never know. So if you are like me and you don't want things like that to happen to the elves, then <laughs> yeah, we, we gotta just hope that they are um, 
on the, the side of people like Jennifer who are, are, are going to come to that side or make these decisions to not, you know, go into the mountains and just take out these elves as uh, as an example of, you know, don't mess with us because we'll, we'll mess you up. Um, yeah, don't, we, we don't know them. Sabrina doesn't tell Yennefer what is exactly going to happen there. So Sabrina asks Yennefer what the chapter and Vigelforts are planning for the Conclave. And I thought that this was interesting because it's been demonstrated in the past that Vigelforts' opinion is very highly respected and considered. And this is just another example of that. It's very subtle, but the wording, she says, what are Vigelforts and the chapter? Like She talks about them like they're separate, but Vigelforts is part of the chapter. And it's just another way to point out that although he is part of the chapter, he's being separated because they value his opinion so much that basically whatever he decides is most likely going to be the outcome. Whatever he wants done, they're probably going to do. Like they're going to take what he says and consider it more than what any of the other members of the chapter are going to say. So I just wanted to point that out because it's pretty interesting and Vigelforts is a big deal in this chapter and we'll talk about why, of course. Um, Not right now, but we will. And any little thing like that, I want to make sure that we're tracking because there's 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 stuff going on with it. <laughs> but like I said, we'll talk about it. So Sabrina and Yen, they definitely do not like each other. It's an extremely phony conversation that they have. Like they both pay each other these compliments and it's just it's it's so fake. Like right after this conversation takes place, Yennefer and Geralt go and talk with Philip and Dijkstra. And Yennefer just starts shit talking Sabrina. And then even later Geralt overhears Sabrina shit-talking Yennefer. So it's just, you know, like most of what goes on at these kind of parties is just a bunch of phoniness. And this is a a perfect example of that. So I thought that that was really entertaining. But yeah, so they're talking to, um, from from the conversation with Sabrina, they go on to talk to Philip and Dijkstra. And not really a whole lot comes out of this conversation. Most of the good stuff, there is good stuff with Philippa and Dijkstra, but most of it comes later on when Geralt has one-on-one talks with both of them. So I'm definitely going to get to that, but like I said, I think I said, (laughs) I'm going in order of when the conversations took place. So the next person that they go and talk to is Triss Marigold, which is pretty cool because we haven't seen her in a while and we haven't really gotten any follow-up since the last time we saw her. And if you don't remember, that was when she was really sick while Geralt and Siri were traveling with her to Elander to take Siri to the temple school. But yeah, I guess she's been fine. There was one tiny mention of them saying that she was in hiding, but I guess she's not in hiding anymore considering like, she wouldn't be at this party if she were. But yeah, no follow up on exactly like what she was doing, where she was. It's just like, oh, Patris. But she, yeah, she seems to be good. She says that Dijkstra was apparently trying to get something out of her, and I think that it was it was about Siri. He's, you know, being this very competent, very intelligent spy master. He's got to know that Triss has spent time with Siri. And Yen says something like, um, "Like, be careful, don't breathe a word about you know who." And when she says, "You know who," she's referring to Siri. So 
that's not good. Uh, I'll talk about that in a little bit more detail about Dijkstra and his knowledge of Siri. But yeah, it's not good that he's asking even Triss about her when Triss hasn't even seen Siri in a long time. And he probably knows that, but yeah. yeah. I mean, he's not 100% sure, but yeah, he he's he's trying to find out stuff. And that's just not good considering he works for Vizimir Verdania, one of the rulers that wants Siri dead. But yeah, I'm, I digress on this a little bit. Like I said, I'll talk about it more in a second. But during this conversation with Triss, we and Geralt learn, we the reader and Geralt learn that Yen is actually now part of the council, the council of mages. And apparently she has been since the battle of Sodden. Don't really know how big of an impact this has on like the story in her life, but it's pretty interesting. Like that seems like it's, like, it would be a big deal for her. Um, we, it's understandable that Carol didn't know about this, but I, I thought it was weird that we didn't get to know until now. Like, we didn't get to find out until uh, Geralt was told because we've spent a pretty decent amount of time with Yennefer since the Battle of Sodden. But, and I guess when you think about it, she has been with Siri, who was a child, and that's a topic that's not really going to come up when you're talking to a kid. So, you know what? She gets a pass. That's fine. She didn't tell us. She left us out of the loop. <laughs> but yeah, so she's part of the council. Um, but you know what? That actually might be really good because, like I said, she is not bigoted against the non-humans. And if she is on this council that tends to make decisions that affect the whole world, maybe some of her influence will come through in these decisions and will be beneficial for the non-humans because they could definitely use some help right now. If you are a non-human in this world, or at least in these countries, these northern countries, life is not good for you at the moment. So it would be pretty cool if she was able to help make some world-altering decisions that would benefit them. Yeah, as poor non-humans need it. Okay. Favorite part of this conversation. <laughs> and I, I hope you recall that I have been very curious about this. Anytime anything even a little bit relevant comes up, I will talk about it probably longer than I need to. But I just really wanted to know if Yennefer knew about Geralt and Triss. And we now know for sure that she did. <laughs> Poor Yennefer. <laughs> yeah, that would suck. I, I do sympathize because that, that would suck to know that you're very good old friend uh had an affair with your lover who they were not lovers at the time true but i mean she still loved him and obviously they're back together now so tris started showing a little bit of doubt and this is what i was talking about earlier um i don't know if she saw the display that yennefer put on by like dragging Geralt out into the middle of the hall for everybody to see but she did start showing a little bit of doubt about whether Yen and Geralt were officially back together. But Yen sets her straight. So she clears this up like right then and there in front of Geralt. Like briefly, she says something like, like when, when Triss um, tells Geralt that Yennefer is now part of the council, she says, Yen says, oh, well, we haven't really had that much chance to catch up yet. And Triss says something along the lines of like, like, oh yeah, I can imagine if you haven't seen each other in that long. Um, you have a lot to talk about. And Yennefer, she says something like, oh, talking is at the bottom of the list of things we're going to be doing. And <laughs> so just, that's what she says to make it clear to Tris, like, yeah, we're romantically involved again. Like, we're not here as buddies. 
And then she sends Geralt away to go get wine. She doesn't even want it, but she sends him away so that she can privately talk to Triss. And we don't get to witness what happens because this is all told through Geralt's point of view. So if Geralt doesn't witness it, we don't witness it. But I would love to know exactly how that conversation uh, went down. I would love to hear what Yennefer said to her. Because by the time Geralt gets back with the wine that Yennefer is not the slightest bit interested in, Trace is gone. So she said something to her that sent her away. Or I don't know if she told her to leave or if Triss was just upset by what she said and decided. she Maybe, I don't know. She didn't want to see Geralt. I, I don't know. But that's why I wish <laughs> that we were a witness to it because I would like to know. But it's not even that big of a deal. This is one of the smaller important things that happen if you even want to consider an important thing um, throughout this chapter. But yeah, I've been wondering about this for a while. And um, yeah, after Geralt gets back, Yennefer tells Geralt, do you think I didn't know about you two? Yeah, and she also says that her and Triss have been friends for a long time, longer than she's known Geralt, and they understand each other wonderfully. Basically, she sums she sums up that they have always had this really great relationship, and I imagine that it's not as great as it used to be, and it probably never will be again. But hey, they live a long time, these sorceresses. So maybe in like 100 years, they'll be back to normal. I hope so. I like them both. I mean... Should Triss have slept with Geralt? Probably not. Uh, and it, I mean, it didn't work out for her in the long run anyway, because she pretty much fell in love with him and he's not returning those feelings. So she really got her. It was just, it was a big mistake. But I still like her and I think she seems like a good person and I don't want her to suffer. So yeah. Anyway, well, let's move on. <laughs> there is a, a lot more important things that happen, and we definitely want to talk about that in detail instead of lingering on the high school drama. <laughs> God, what does that say about me? That that part interests me so much. Don't 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 think about that. Don't answer that. <laughs> okay, so Yennefer leaves Geralt so that she can go talk to some members of the chapter, and this is when he gets approached by Dijkstra. So this is when he has his one-on-one -on -one talk. And Dijkstra is talking. He says something about disinformation. And he uses the word disinformation to segue into talking about Siri. So he says, how's little Cirilla so prone to, I think it's pronounced diphtheria? Diphtheria? Uh, it's the illness that Codringer had put the rumor out that Siri died from. So there's confirmation right there that he he knew that the lie about her death was in fact a lie, which nobody was surprised by. I mean, he doesn't say it outright when we see him at the end of chapter one, when he hears about Geralt killing the those three um, assassins in anger. But yeah, he's way too intelligent to not put two and two together. Um, so that's not good. He was already asking Triss about Siri, and now he's just come right out and asked about her to Geralt. Geralt's obviously not going to tell him anything, but he also didn't confirm nor deny whether or not Siri was really alive. I think Geralt, he just knew, like, there's no point in saying, like, what? No, she really is dead. I don't know Siri, because he, he knows that. It, there's it's just no there's no point like he's he, Dijkstra is too smart to lie to him about that like he's gonna find out and yeah maybe it's just better off not trying to continue this lie so Dijkstra tells Geralt that 
something is in the air there tonight. There's something in the air at the party. And then he accurately predicts that Vigelfortz will have a long conversation with Geralt. Don't know exactly how he knows that, but I have a theory. <laughs> so my theory is that Vigelfortz, I still believe that he is the one that is controlling Ryan's. I think that because he is the one that's controlling Ryan's, when Geralt killed the Michelet brothers and then Philippa found out from the one of those brothers as he was dying, who was the one that Ryan's is working with, I think that Vigelfortz was the name that was spoken to Philippa, and that's how Dijkstra knew that that was coming. And I know that that doesn't necessarily mean that, like, it doesn't necessarily mean that Vigelfortz is going to have a long talk with Geralt. I mean, I don't know that if he's the one looking for Ciri. I, but kind of, it's just weird that he knew specifically that they were going to have a long talk. Like, Geralt is the one that Ciri is destined to, that Ciri spent a lot of time with since she went missing from Sintra, since she escaped from the Nilfgaardian knight in Sintra. But it would be weird that if they knew, and I'm not saying, my theory is that it's Vigelfortz. I'm just saying, like, how did he know that Vigelfortz's approach would be to talk to Geralt privately for a long time? But I don't know. He definitely knows a little bit something more. And if this theory is wrong, if I'm way off, if I'm being deliberately driven in the wrong direction so that I am not actually on the right track, there's something else completely different going on here. Uh, I mean, there's definitely something important going on in Beagle Forts that Dijkstra knows at least a little bit about. So do we get answers to that in our conversation with Beagle Forts that I will talk about later? Not really. It's it's confusing. I keep trying to get ahead of myself. (laughs) I just love this chapter and I'm like really excited about all the parts. I'm like, I'm jumping into um, the plot points that are happening later before I even get to them. Uh, just, yeah, I, I just want to talk about them. <laughs> okay, so that's basically it, though, with the conversation with Dijkstra. Um, we don't really get to learn anything else, but it's it's very interesting nonetheless. So the next person that girl talks to, this conversation is definitely not as worthwhile as some of the others, but still pretty interesting. Um, we He talks to Dorgeray. And if you remember Dorgere, he was the sorcerer that accompanied Geralt and the rest of the party on the dragon hunt in the Bounds of Reasons short story, the first story from Sword of Destiny. So that was the one where they find the golden dragon villain Tretton Mirth. And uh, Dorgere, uh, I guess he just went off and did his own thing. But um, he is the guy in that story that kept giving Geralt a hard time because Geralt is a witcher who kills endangered species and he's all about the defense of these endangered species. And that comes up again here. <laughs> so he spends the majority of their conversation talking about how the rest of the mages are basically bad people. They're very mendacious. And then he points out that their clothes, like he's pointing out lots of shoes, like oh these these are made from this type of endangered species and that fur is made from this type of endangered species. So classic Dorgeray. We've only met him once before, but I'm not the least bit surprised by what he was talking about in a short conversation with Geralt. But their conversation gets interrupted by Philippa, and uh, Dorgeray goes off, does his own thing, 
And Philippa and Geralt start to have a conversation. And she actually tells him that um, his whole thing about endangered species is just a prelude to an interrogation. So it was actually good that she interrupted when she did because Dorger actually spies for Ethane, I think it's pronounced, Ethane of Sidaris. I don't know much about that king. He, he's not one of our rulers that is trying to kill Ciri, but um, still, I mean, it's probably just best that Geralt doesn't divulge any information about Ciri to anybody that's spying for a ruler, no matter who it is. Just, just leave it alone. So the conversation with Philippa, this is very, very, very important. She tells Geralt that she'll give him rights tomorrow, but nothing else is said about it. <laughs> that is literally it. Just, I'll give you rights tomorrow. And then she's like, don't make any faces, don't comment. And then they start talking about um, illusions and uh, she makes an illusion out of caviar or did I say that right? Caviar out of an illusion? Whatever. You get it. <laughs> so that's it. That's all she says. But that's pretty important. And I can't help but wonder, why? Like, what's going on? Something's going on. And it, it only gets... The uh, intrigue, it, it just increases more and more about what the hell is going on. What changed from the time where Geralt fought Ryan's and was about to kill him or do whatever he was going to do with him. And Philippa let him get away. What changed between then and now? Something's up. But, I mean, that's pretty cool, though. Ryan's needs to be taken out uh, once and for all. He's definitely not the only threat to Ciri's life, but he is a big threat. He's got somebody very powerful helping him, and it would be pretty important to get him out of the picture. But yeah, we're just going to have to wait and see what happens with that one because <laughs> we don't know anything. Yeah, so that was uh, the most interesting part about the conversation with Philippa. So let's move on to the next conversation. So his talk with her is interrupted by a sorceress called Kira Metz. And we actually have heard a mention of her very briefly before. She is actually another advisor to King Foltest of Temeria uh, alongside Triss. And there was another mage, I think his name was Faircart. Not sure. But yeah, she is possibly there as a Temerian spy. A lot of these mages are there as spies, so it wouldn't be far-fetched to think that she probably is. Uh, something weird she says is that she plans to get pregnant tonight. She says she's not going to drink because she plans on getting pregnant. It's pretty odd. Uh, I know that we know not all mages are sterile, but... I mean, it's just, I didn't know any of them were actually making plans to do that. And also, why is she sharing that with somebody that she's just meeting? I don't know. It was odd. No, no clue. But they're joined in conversation by this sorceress called Marty Sodergren. Sodergren, not sure how you say it. And she is a sedu seductress who specializes in aphrodisiacs. And she actually had um, just been talking with Sabrina. That was actually the enchantress that Sabrina was shit-talking Yennefer to. Um, she, Geralt overheard them talking when they were both conspiring about sleeping with him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, pretty, pretty weird. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think, I think Geralt enjoyed it. I mean, he's not going to do anything. You know he's not going to do anything, but I think he definitely enjoyed <laughs> hearing that. 
So this whole talk, it doesn't really go too far before Yen walks up and um, is not too happy with <laughs> Carol. The poor guy, he's trying so hard. I know that he's not really trying to do anything to let her down or to embarrass her, but it's Yen. And you know I love her, but she's just, she's a very particular person. And yeah, she comes up annoyed because he's eating this caviar that's an illusion. Everybody hates the food illusions for some reason. They act like it's freaking blasphemy or something. I, I don't know. I, I I didn't get that. I thought that that sounded like a great idea. It's like, I'm, I'm somebody that I have a major sweet tooth. I could eat cake and cookies and donuts and ice cream all day, every day. If there, if you could make an illusion of it where it would taste exactly like that, that would be fantastic because I wouldn't have to eat the real thing because <laughs> that stuff is terrible for you, but I love it. But yeah, everybody here acts like it's the worst thing in the world. They're just so disgusted by it. I don't know. It's I thought that that was strange, but she's annoyed with Geralt because he's eating this illusion of caviar and... Uh, because there's a small handful of sorceresses at the party that are wearing completely transparent tops, and Marty and Kira are two of them. So <laughs> she's like, oh, I leave you for a half hour, and when I come back, you're talking to two of the few women that are wearing transparent tops. <laughs> Wait, what was he going to do? Tell them, like, sorry, nope, can't talk to you. <laughs> oh, poor Geralt. He was trying his best, but... She's she's gonna have to have something to say. Like I said, you know I love her. You know I love Jennifer, but yeah, just she can be too particular about things. But anyway, she comes up so that she can introduce Carol to some members of the chapter, and those conversations aren't really laid out for us in too much detail. And I didn't really note anything that happened there. It didn't seem too important. But she does confirm that Vigil Forts would like to talk privately with Geralt, just like Deekstra predicted, and that conversation takes place. And we'll talk about that right now because that is the next conversation, and this is the longest one. So I do have <clears throat> a pretty good amount of stuff to say, but I will start off by saying that I didn't include every little bit because, to be perfectly honest, I don't fully understand what the hell he's talking about some of the time. And so I'm usually embarrassed to admit that as <laughs> somebody that reads the chapter as many times as I do and just immerses myself in these chapters as much as I do. <laughs> I feel kind of dumb sometimes when I don't get something. I looked this up online. I'm not the only one that's confused. A lot of people didn't understand a lot of the things that he was talking about or like what points he was trying to make. And the whole thing that comes out of it at the end, I, I mean, it's not, the, the whole thing is encrypted basically. But there are certainly parts that I'm just not even going to touch on because I, I just, I don't know what the point is. So, you know, like I said, there's a lot of people online looking for answers. And a lot of the answers that they get are extremely varied. So nobody really knows for sure what Vigil Forts is talking about throughout the whole conversation. Like, uh, there's certain parts that are understandable, but we'll get to it now. So... Geralt and Vigilforts enter a private, with the exception of his assistant Lydia, uh, part of Aratusa to have their conversation. And they start by looking at paintings hanging in the Gallery of Glory, and these paintings depict historical events of famous mages. One of the paintings is the meeting between two lovers, Creganen of Lod and Lara Doran. So he's a sorcerer and she's an elf belonging to uh, this elite group of elves called the Knowing Ones. 
And then Lydia hangs one of her own paintings of Lyra Dorn, which was taken from a miniature. And Geralt looks at it and notes that Lara looked out from the painting with Ciri's eyes. So I'm wondering, could this have a connection to Child of the Elder Blood? Because Elder seems to usually imply elves in this story. Don't know. But Ciri does have some uncommon abilities, like psychic abilities. I guess she can do magic, but I don't think every mage has these psychic abilities. This definitely seems very unique. And there really isn't any elaboration on what a knowing one is, but it does sound like it could imply like psychic shit. <laughs> so I am inclined to believe that there might be some connection there. And also that Viggleforts points out this painting. His assistant recreated a painting of Lara Doran. And we know that Vigilforts is reading about elder blood. And it's just, I mean, he's showing this to the man, Geralt, that is destined to Siri. I don't know. <laughs> There's something going on here. I think Vigilforts is the guy, the sorcerer. Codringer said it's a sorcerer employing rights. That's gotta be Vigilforts. Could be wrong. This could just be throwing us off the scent. Just, you know, making us think it's him. Maybe Vigilforts. I was going to say, maybe Vigilforts is a great guy. I doubt it. But yeah, it's just we're, we keep, I feel like what this is, is we keep being given pieces to a puzzle and they're fitting together more and more, but we just haven't been given every piece of the puzzle yet. But it's just coming together with almost each chapter. It's coming together more and more. And I'm just like, I'm looking at it and it's just painting this picture of Vigilforts. But I'm still missing a view, and I don't know 100% that it's him. <laughs> okay, so, well, we don't know. So we'll move on. Uh, they talk about Tor Lara, or the Tower of Gulls, which is the tower mentioned in the last chapter. Siri could see it while she was riding to Herendum to find Geralt. Um, she kept feeling drawn towards it. Didn't really know what that meant. But we do learn that it is a portal, and it's supposed to transport you to this tower called Tor Zirel, or Tower of Swallows. And that is a mythical seat of elven mages, elven mages and sages. But the portal is warped, and it's actually killed people who have tried to use it, so they blocked it. It's not really in use at the moment, or you don't have the option to use it. Uh, don't really know what any of this means. Uh, it's just, yeah, not, we're not getting a lot of answers here, but still, it's just, it seems important. So I wanted to make sure that I mentioned it. So the conversation moves on to why Geralt never became a sorcerer. And he says, uh, which this is pretty good to know, because um, we actually didn't hear Geralt talk about this in the past, but he did consider it at one time, but he ended up not doing it. He said he didn't want to bite off more than he could chew. But Figglefort's question here proves that he has been rooting around in Geralt's history because he thought Geralt might have become a sorcerer because Geralt's mother was a mage. So basically, Vigilforts would like Geralt to join the ranks of mages. And his reasoning for that is, I guess, tied into the proposition he has for Geralt. And I'll talk about that in a second. But before he gets into that, he talks a while about his life story. I didn't include any of those details here, but eventually, Geralt just asks him point blank, like, what kind of agreement are you proposing? 
because he's being so vague and I mean that and I was I remember reading it the first time and thinking like yes thank you Geralt like what is this what does this man want <laughs> so he says he wants Geralt to join his side in a fight for life and death and he says his side has the better chance of winning and I'm wondering if he's talking about Nilfgaard because I think he is working with Ryan's we know Ryan's is working with Nilfgaard we know Nilfgaard is after Siri but also what else could he be talking about here? He never comes right out and says anything about Nilfgaard, but I, it's just, well, yeah, what what else could it be? Uh, we don't get an answer, so I'll just move on to Geralt's response, which is, of course, you know, he wants to remain neutral. Um, that's just always been his preference. He's That's always the preference of a witcher. And then Vigilfortz threatens that if Geralt doesn't join his side, he'll lose Ciri. So he just directly brings up Ciri. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I just, I, I mean, it's, yeah, screw this guy. I, I, I don't trust him. I don't like him. I, he needs to be taken out. I wish Geralt just killed him right then and there. But I mean, I, I get he couldn't do that. I get it. But yeah, Vigil Forts. Uh, don't like him. Don't like him at all. I want him gone. <laughs> but later in private, uh, Geralt is actually retelling the story of the conversation with Vigil Forts to Yennefer when they're in bed together in this room in Aratusa. And she assures him that Siri will be safe in Aratusa. She tells him to trust her. Don't worry about Vigil Forts. He was probably just trying to provoke you. I hope she's right about that. I hope that's all it is. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm really worried for Siri just like Geralt is, especially considering Ciri is there in Thanet right now, as is Vigilforts. They're so close to each other. Like, did they just bring her into the lion's den? I freaking hope not. Okay, so uh, one of the last things I'll mention here is that the word tomorrow keeps coming up. People keep saying tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. And Vigilforts had this very bland description of the conclave of mages which is taking place tomorrow he made it sound like a super standard thing like you know it's just not really that big of a deal we'll meet we'll discuss we'll wear these robes and hats and blah 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 uh, but many other mentions of the word tomorrow suggest otherwise suggest it's not just a standard thing so first yen and tris are talking earlier and yen tells tris that she will be able to see siri if she decides to start teaching at Aratusa. and then tris says i see is siri dot 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 but yen cuts her off and she says be quiet tris we'll talk about it tomorrow after the council and then tris says tomorrow like that didn't seem like she was confused as to why that would be a possibility i don't know i don't know what that is about but it's it's something and then Philippa tells Geralt that she's going to give him Ryan's tomorrow. Like, why tomorrow? Why not today? Why didn't you do it? Why didn't you let him have him when he was right there? Like, why'd you stop Geralt in the first place? <laughs> and then Yen says to Geralt, tomorrow will explain many matters and solve many problems. Geralt thinks to himself there that she's hiding something from him. Yeah, I believe it too, buddy. She is for sure. I don't know what, but she is. <laughs> I, I, but you got to trust her. I, that's all we can do. And I, I know Yennefer, I must have Tris. I know Yennefer, well, Tris does too, but it's not important. <laughs> I know Yen's got Siri's best interest in mind. So yeah, she loves her. She cares about her. She looks at her as a daughter. So you do have to just trust Yen. But why isn't she telling Geralt? I don't know. 
but it's bothering me. But yeah, we're going to have to wait and find out. Yeah, I normally have my closing thoughts here, but my closing thoughts are just what is going on? What's going to happen tomorrow? And I really hope that the next chapter is not going to be some filler chapter that makes it take longer, that drags the whole thing out, and then we don't get to learn, like, what goes on at this conclave. This conclave has been building up and now it's at this boiling point and I got to know, they got to tell us. Next chapter, hopefully, we'll see. But that is all I have for you for this chapter. I really appreciate you listening. I feel like this one was, <laughs> I don't know, I could be overthinking it, but I feel like this one might've been a little bit hard to follow or to follow me, I don't know. But <laughs> I appreciate you as I always do. I very much appreciate you even if it was easy to follow. So just to let you know, in case you didn't, these episodes are available on YouTube with video, Spotify and Apple Podcasts, which is the audio. Thank you again, and I'll catch you all in the next episode.